Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and every Sunday is Psalm Sunday. I'll be reading one or two psalms and explaining how they point to Jesus Christ and the good news of his true salvation and or Bible prophecy. I'll also show you how to pray the psalms. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. As you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. Psalm 48, celebrating old and new Jerusalem, the great city of God. Why is Jerusalem such a big deal? But right now, it holds the holiest yet most contested piece of real estate, the Temple Mount. Today in this psalm, we celebrate not just old Jerusalem, but the new Jerusalem that awaits all of Jesus' born-again believers. Let's dig in. Psalm 48, a song, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. How great is the Lord, how deserving of praise in the city of our God, which sits on his holy mountain. It is high and magnificent. The whole earth rejoices to see it. Mount Zion, the holy mountain, is the city of the great king. God himself is in Jerusalem's towers, revealing himself as its defender. The kings of the earth joined forces and advanced against the city. But when they saw it, they were stunned. They were terrified and ran away. They were gripped with terror, writhed in pain like a woman in labor. You destroyed them like the mighty ships of Tarshish shattered by a powerful east wind. We had heard of the city's glory, but now we have seen it ourselves. The city of the Lord of Heaven's armies. It is the city of our God. He will make it safe forever. And here's one of those interludes, Selah, to stop and ponder on what you just heard. Oh God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. As your name deserves, oh God, you will be praised to the ends of the earth. Your strong right hand is filled with victory. Let the people among Zion rejoice. Let all the towns of Judah be glad because of your justice. Go, inspect the city of Jerusalem. Walk around and count the many towers. Take note of the fortified walls and tour all the citadels that you may describe them into future generations. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever. And he will guide us until we die. So here's a little bit about the history of Jerusalem. Now, if you seriously want to study the history of Jerusalem, you can check out the timeline in Wikipedia. And I have the link to that in my blog. The link to the blog is in the show notes. Um, and I also have links to deeper Bible studies um, throughout each of um, the biblical historical timeline. Um, so, cause I've done the whole, just about the whole uh, Old Testament and Think about the Old Testament, it just from Genesis all the way, you know, all the way to, to Malachi, it talks about Jesus. It predicts Jesus. 
So, um, um, so let's go through this. So when it's when Jerusalem is first mentioned, it was called Salem, which means peace or shalom in Hebrew. And we find it early in Abram's travels in Genesis when he encounters King Melchizedek. If you don't know who King Melchizedek is, again, click on over to my blog because it's an interesting thought as to who he actually was. Later on Mount Moriah, one of Jerusalem's five mountains, was where Abraham's faith was tested. If you don't know that story, again, click on over to my blog. King David was first king of the North tribes. Still, Jerusalem had to be conquered. And with God's help, he accomplished this. It's a great story. David purchased the threshing floor where the temple was to be built. Then he wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to where it should be, Jerusalem. And that's another interesting story because he made a few mistakes along the way. Now, King David, the warrior, was not going to be the one to build God's temple in Jerusalem. Nevertheless, he built he built an altar on the threshing floor just before he died. Now, Solomon, David's son, is the one who got to build the temple. Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed by the Babylonians' judgment because of the disobedience of God's people. Okay. But that's, the, that's kind of one of the themes throughout the Old Testament. God gives the rules, the Jews break them, and then God judges them. That's, that's how it works. Um, and again, all these are Bible studies that I've done. And so again, click on my blog, dig deeper on this stuff. Now, um, while the exile, um, uh, the temple is destroyed, Jerusalem is destroyed, and the, the Jews are exiled to Babylon. Okay, and... So during this exile, God gives Ezekiel a glimpse of the future millennial temple. Okay. So, um, which is it, it, interesting because it gives them the measurements and everything and what it's, what it's going to look like. And I also kind of explain in, uh, in, in some of these articles um, all the different temples. Um, and I also have videos embedded with um, uh, Amir Safati also explaining all the temples. Um, now, after 70 years of exile, the Jews returned to build the temple and the city of Jerusalem. And, and um, um, the, the link here starts with the book of Ezra. Then we go to Nehemiah. And then um, so it explains, you know, basically they started reading the 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 scripture again, which they had stopped reading it. You stop reading God's word and you're going to, you're going to stray from what God wants you to do. And then we have 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. And I have an article on that. I did a, a, a research document, research report um, on what exactly happened historically between Malachi, which is the last um, prophet in the Old Testament and Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament. So it was about 400 years where God was silent. There was no prophet. There was nobody telling them what to do. And it's interesting because the people decided to make up their own stuff. Kind of what's going on today. But King Herod, 
during this time improved the temple. He made it made it bigger, the temple that Ezra and Nehemiah rebuilt. Now, ultimately, Jerusalem is center stage for Jesus's ministry, as told in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Obviously, you can you know click, and I've got uh, uh, Bible studies on all of them. And then the temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, as Jesus predicted. Okay, in the Olivet Discourse, which took place on the Mount, the Olivet Mountain, um, which brings us to some other interesting facts about Jerusalem. So the Holy City actually sits 2,500 feet above sea level. The Dead Sea is. Um, 1,290 feet below sea level. So consequently, the city towers 4,000 feet over the Jordan Valley. It's built on five mountains, Zion to the south, Moriah in the center, Scopus to the north, Olivet to the east, that's again where Jesus gave his Olivet discourse, and Ophel to the west. Its east walls rise even further above the Cadron Valley, which makes for a magnificent skyline. And so what it says in the psalm that, that when they saw it, they were afraid is because it's, it's um, the way it shines on the, and the, the sun shines on the walls. Um, uh, it just, it's, just, um, it's just amazing. It gives it a glow. Um, I wish I could visit Israel, um, and maybe more than likely it probably won't be as a living human, but definitely as a resurrected one. In other words, I will see it at one point or another. Now, the New Jerusalem. So God, God basically has, has two cities, the Old Jerusalem and the New Jerusalem. So John the Revelator got a glimpse of the future holy city, and he attempted to describe what's really indescribable and this we find in revelation 21 starting in verse 1 then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone and i saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down from god out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and i've done a study on uh, the whole book of Revelation, um, but I've also done a study on these last two chapters of Revelation 21 and 22, which describe um, what it's going to be like. Now, here are some insights from Spoken Gospel. I just love the way they explain the gospel um, of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, which is that's one of the things I, attempt, I attempted to do. Hopefully I did it in the Bible studies of the Old Testament. So when I quote, in the book of Revelation, the apostle John is invited to come and consider a new Jerusalem. But just before John beholds the beautiful sight, the enemies of God rally together to besiege God's city. But like in this Psalm, they are routed and completely destroyed. And that story is told in Revelation 20. God renders them unable to approach the city gates, but welcomes John with open arms. Like the first Jerusalem, its measurements, walls, gates, foundations, gold, and jewels all speak of God's beauty, justice, and protection. But unlike the old Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem lacks a temple where pilgrims can enter God's presence and experience his love. That is because 
Jesus is the temple of the New Jerusalem. At the center of the New Jerusalem is not a building, but God himself waiting to be explored. And as citizens of this new city, we will have the privilege of considering firsthand every facet of God's heart. All God's beauty and strength shine in the full radiance of Jesus. Jesus is God's justice, God's love, God's mercy, God's wisdom, God's power, and God's glory. And we will get to explore and enjoy him forever. Amen. Again, that's our spoken gospel. Which brings me to the final verse of this psalm, Psalm 48, verse 14. It reads, for that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever, and he will not let us, he will, I'm sorry, let me start over there. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever, and he will guide us until we die. Unmistakably, undoubtedly, undeniably, he is our God forever and ever. Therefore, who are you gonna trust to guide you until you die? A church, a pope, a pastor, a preacher? No, we must trust only in God. Here's my simple prayer based on this psalm. And this again is a quote, my quote, my paraphrasing Psalm 48, praying it back to him. Lord Jesus, you are great and deserving of praise because you are in my heart and my body is your temple, O God. I think about your unfailing love as I worship you, and I am overwhelmed. Like the strong walls of Jerusalem, you are my strong tower, my fortress, and my refuge. You are my God forever and ever, and you will guide me until I die. I trust you, Jesus, as my protector and provider. Amen. Finally, can you sincerely and wholeheartedly pray this prayer? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Well, he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Isn't it about time you let him in? So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. And if you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, How to Know Jesus. And in the bottom of today's blog, I embedded two songs that we sang today in church. They're praise songs, perfect songs, revelation song, and how great is our God. Um, uh, I had the pleasure of singing in the choir today. It was just a marvelous experience that I got to worship and praise him. Um, I mean, it was, it was just mar it was just marvelous. In fact, I think I will embed today's service in, uh, in the bottom too, because we're on YouTube now, but soli deo gloria to God alone be the glory. It's now open, my Christian Book Distributors Affiliate Bookstore. These hand-picked books cover Bible prophecy, Christian apologetics, worldview, and much more. Many are at discount prices. Isn't it time you got your Christian books from a Christian bookstore? Click on the link in the show notes.
Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.